Lexiton. Wisdom shared by the housewives and the occasional house husband of Scotland in the pages of the Sunday Post in the 1950s. Whatever will they make of it today? Hello and welcome back to Pass It On Podcast. So as a women's prerogative, we have decided instead of two episodes of manliness, we're going to have a whole three episodes. Steve, are you excited? Well, if it's manly, I'm more than excited. I'm there. I'm standing again in my manly pose. You, you, you'll be able to tell from the, the tone of voice. My, <laughs> my legs are slightly parted and I'm... Speaking That's a worrying is, image, isn't it? <laughs> brandishing is pass it on book about. <laughs> <laughs> I, do I remind you somewhat of Julius Caesar in this pose? No. No. But more no. like, um, I don't know, Urwilly or something, <laughs> sitting on his bucket. We're going to start with some good old Scottishness. Max Sicker. Now that spring is round the corner, it is wise to sprinkle the drains and backyard with carbolic. This keeps down pests and insects when the warmer weather comes. Mrs. Appleton, 19 Ellangowan Drive, Dundee. What's car... What was what did you say? Carbolic. Carbolic acid? Not quite, no. no. Carbolic, but yes, I soapish think. stuff. I suppose it would but be, I think yeah. carbolic soap has carbolic acid in it. I suppose it would be, yeah. Carbolic. I suppose it can only be that. Well, why, um, why would that make you sicker? Because well, it's, safe, it's safe from bugs and pests and insects and general dirtiness around the, the place. He's suggesting you, that you clean up but you're saying in advance. Safe, but you, you said they were like, you said sicker, like more sick. Ill. Sicker is safe in Scots. Oh, I didn't know that. Revolutionalised. <laughs> Revolutionised. <laughs> Could we try English if nothing else? <laughs> that was Scots for revolutionised. <laughs> the Sunday Post, though, would occasionally drop in uh, a Scots word and just without explanation. And I've heard an English person complain that Scots people always just think you'll know what they mean. Well, that's what I was waiting like to say. Scot- when you use a Scottish word. I was waiting to say, would any sort of Tom, Dick and Harry know that sicker... I, I didn't. I'm no, Scottish. make... That makes sick. I mean, it doesn't sound, when you say it, it doesn't sound like that. Safe. How do you spell it? S-I-C-C-A-R. Oh. Max Sicker. 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 Yeah. Fair enough. It hmm. requires a certain amount of um, saliva so, in the mouth to say it properly. Oh. So as I mentioned in this podcast before, I, I've lived in, in London for a few years um, before, and in Bath before I moved back to Scotland. Um, and generally in that time, I did modify my lexicon, did my you? Lexus a little bit to, to take out some words that I, I knew people mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily understand. And it, since I've been back in Scotland, it is, I have to say, a, a like joy <laughs> to be able to foos your dues. That's a greeting in Aberdeen, uh, listeners. Uh, foos your dues. How are your pigeons? How are your pigeons? Foos your dues. Anyway. Funny bits you come for. I like I like being back in Scotland and being able to use some of those words, but it has to be said that there is one word that I used in England that I didn't realise was a Scottish word. Mm. It is out with. Yes. Out with, Indeed. which sounds like a perfectly crumulent, a perfectly oh. good normal uh, English word, is not an English word. It is a Scottish yeah, word. We, they don't use that, yeah. Really? They don't use so it What do they say here. when they want to use out with? They don't. Um, well, they, they'd say you know, something that is not in his purview rather than something that's out with his purview. They use words like... Splendid, which I would never use. And wow. but but it would it, it's a word that it's, it's a word that you understand certainly. Ought uh, is another word that they use. I, I, I would say ought. I don't say ought. I don't say ought. 
No. Otter. That's as close as I can. <laughs> or ot- Connor, otter. I'm amazed, otter. Constantly amazed about where your mind goes with things. Ah, oh, that's words. Usually down the way. <laughs> <laughs> give us more, Steve. I will give you more. Woodworm. Mix oh. one gallon paraffin with one gallon creosote. Coat the affected part with the mixture and leave for a day, then give another coat. It dries into the wood and clears out the woodworm. Our story, 18 Sandridge, Newbiggin by the Sea. I have nothing to say on that because I don't know what cre- creo- creote is. Creosote. Yeah. It's a very viscous... Car-like thick. subject. Su- yes. su- substance. You know when well, you see... probably that should then trap the worm, the wor- woodworm in. Creosote uh, is for preserving wood, isn't it? It'll be the terps that's doing... Was it terps? Paraffin. Paraffin. It'll be the paraffin that's doing the killing, I imagine. I don't think creosote... I suppose it might do... It's a double whammy, isn't it? It is. This is this is intended for indoors. This is talking about your floorboards or your highly drinks. flammable though. You gotta it be really be, careful. Yeah. yeah. Like, don't don't smoke near that. Whatever. Are armoire. you suggesting that we found another Sunday Post tip that isn't entirely safe? Yes. Woodworm no. kinda gives me the book as well, doesn't it? Mm. It's do we, not fun. Do you still get woodworm or is that like a You do I, a lot of most will be pre treated. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, it used to be I well remember seeing bookcases in people's homes with woodworm. Yes, you can kind of bash it and they all sort of fall out. Don't they? Yeah. The other thing, of course, that's kind of crazy about that tip is it would stay in the wood. Of course, the creosote, yes, by definition, would, would oh. stay in the wood very dark. It would be very pungent. Uh, it well. would be very pungent. Um, and it's funny that they don't mention it. It's funny that there's no kind of, oh, by the way, <laughs> this will yeah. turn your shelves dark brown. <laughs> right. More safety. Razor blades. A child's money box painted to match the bathroom makes a handy container for old razor blades. It takes a long time to fill and dangerous old blades are easily disposed. Mrs J.S. Symington, 11 Windy Edge, Crescent, Glasgow. That's a waste of time, that, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> Why? Well, you've got to paint the money box. Why would you not just throw it in the bin? You're, if they're old razor blades, the tip is the key from that is that you're not going to use them again. Do you know what we mean by old razor blades? This is the problem. I can see the problem. I'm thinking like you know, I've like a like a stick like a bick. Uh-huh. The blades in there. Like you just like pluck them out. Right, that's uh all in one very modern razor blade. Razor blades used to come just the blade. <gasps> yeah, very sharp, two-sided and the it's shaving you would screw it into place with a, a cap on the top. It was semicircular and the blade stuck out a little bit either side and you shaved with that. And when you needed and with to clean your blade <laughs> with great care, yeah. Any sideways movement was <laughs> there was lots of blood. Big and gash. Uh, when that got blunt on both sides, you would take that out and you would have a piece of metal on its own, still extremely sharp, and putting them into rubbish bins, if you had any reason to handle that. At any time, just tear. Uh, yeah, it, it, well, you didn't really have plastic in the rubbish bin, not plastic bags anyway. But they were very, very dangerous, and it was a. Uh, uh, kids could get hold of them, mm-hmm. even if you put. It, they were amazingly sharp. That's um, kind of. It, it does give you the heebie-jeebies, but doesn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, it's a more sensible suggestion, certainly than I Reddit, which we've mentioned before in this podcast. Um, I've seen quite often. Apparently there must have been a, a bit of a craze for it, I think in America, of your sort of medicine cabinet, your cosmetics mm. cabinet in the bathroom, mm-hmm. having a little slot in it for posting your razor blades through oh. when you were done, which is very sensible. Yeah. But the crazy thing is, what everyone always discovers is, 
There was no emptying of it. <laughs> it just it, went into it was just into a cavity in the in the uh-huh. wall, um, and you were just posting it into. And so you, if somebody tore the wall down, you just find blades. hundreds and hundreds of blades. George, yeah. no funny story about razor blades. It's kind of embarrassing. Is it or, funny? Yeah, probably. Uh, it's from, not. From I'm not going to be the first person in the world that's done it, but it is quite funny. So I must have been about five or six, and I was in the bathroom, and I, I don't remember, but my mum tells me that loves to tell this story because she thinks it's funny. So I shaved the top of my nose, like not the tip of my nose, like the is this the bridge? The bridge. Yeah. So I shaved it with my dad's razor, which was a like big type thing, uh-huh. um, and I actually had like a curl of skin, <gasps> and it just bled and bled and bled and bled. Yeah, and I shout. I went to so in my mum and dad's house, the bathroom was right at the top stairs. So I'm I waiting shouted. For the funny part. I know. Me too. Well, so far, let's just go up. Shout, shout, <laughs> shouted down, and I shouted on my mum, and my dad came to the top stairs, and I was like. <sighs> I'm going to get in such big trouble. And I was like, no, dad, no, dad, need mum, need mum. So my mum came up and she just howled with laughter. And <gasps> here's me pouring of blood from my nose, from the bridge of my nose. Anyway, to this day, didn't get stitches or anything. My mum just uh-huh. pushed it back and <laughs> stuck a plaster over it. Um, it wasn't deep, but but it was deep enough no. to have a flap, if yes. you know what I mean. So now if I don't have any makeup on, I actually have like a scar of flatness where that um, flap was. Certainly um, any cut made to the razor blade... Uh, because it's such a fine blade, it bleeds like all billy out, really. Does. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Yeah, especially older ones. Mm-hmm. You could give yourself a, a, it was only a couple of millimetres deep, but it was it bled for days. i tell you a thing I've yeah. never done, which I really would like to do, is to do a, a proper cutthroat razor, um, a hot shave. All right, I've, I've, it, I've, I've done nicely. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had one. It was, uh, I was actually slightly disappointed. I was expecting the closest of closest shaves, mm. and it wasn't. Right, okay. Um, I was... Maybe the person doing it just wasn't very good, but I was expecting baby's bum smoothness. Maybe it's something to do with my skin. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. And did did he strop? What oh, does that yeah, mean? there was all Watch. sorts there was all sorts of drama. The the chap doing it uh, got himself into some quite convoluted sort of poses to on one knee and everything to do the shriek. But What's uh, stropping? Stropping you get a, a you get a strop. Um a long thing <laughs> with some kind of uh, like roughness to it yeah mm-hmm. uh, and then you use it to sharpen a blade oh you wipe the blade up and down this so, so i think traditionally uh, traditionally the blades that were done for that with the cutthroat razors they were mm-hmm. they were stopped on something a little like leather if not actually leather yeah, because leather. because yeah. you were keeping a a very very fine blade on it so you were yes. just you were never letting it get blunt enough that you needed to properly properly sharpen, sharpen it. it but of course like in kitchens, you'll yeah. have a, a kitchen strop that you've, yeah. you're supposed to at least keep your knives sharp. Wow. Every day's a skill day. On that note, we'll just take a little break. Remember, you can get 20% off both Pass It On books if you use the discount code VINEGAR at checkout at dcthompsonshop.co.uk. Check the episode notes for details and terms, and here's your bonus ad break tip. Shake dust out of clothes before washing. The grit damages your clothes and your washing machine. Right. Welcome back, us. Welcome back, you. (laughs) Connie's here as well. Hi. (laughs) Right. We're going to have a... um, Well, make of this what you will. I will give it no introduction but itself. (laughs) Squeaky hinges. 
It is rather a nuisance in these days of light painted doors when hinges become squeaky. To avoid any stain which might appear if you used oil, etc., rub the hinges with the rind cut from bacon before cooking. I tried it with perfect results. Mrs. D. Hughes, 10A Mossroom Close, Kirby, near Liverpool. I can see it working. Oh, who thought, why would you think of that? Why would you think, hmm, some bacon rind, I'm going to rub that on me hinges? You know, it's like. <laughs> well, because it would. Uh, lubricant. Yeah, it's lubricant. Yeah, but then your house is going to smell like bacon, bacon. rolls. Yeah. Oh, that's not yeah. a bad thing. No, <laughs> it is when you've got. I love a bacon roll while hangover, but the smell of bacon. No, no. The, smell of, well. the smell of bacon having been cooked, you mean? Yes, yeah. when I'm already being sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can, I can, I can see the idea of using a bit of bacon grease because yeah. I'm right in thinking that like bacon grease in particular was, was a fairly universal yeah. thing to be used. And mm-hmm. it is very, very greasy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's yeah. like top grease. Top grease. Yeah. None more grease. <laughs> I like the reference also in these days of light painted doors. Yeah, I couldn't quite parse that. What do I, you mean? I think um, I doors would have been either dark wood or I suppose painted. darkly painted. But now there must have been a sort of a lightening time, an enlightening time <laughs> when doors Where became they were light- white. But why does that? No, there wouldn't have white? been wood back in those days, would they have? There would have been wood. There was a certain point in the. Late fifties, early nineteen sixties, when people did odd things like, it was <laughs> <laughs> like the whole book, <laughs> Barbola. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, but I mean, nicely stoned. Old they stone were nicely brick stoned walls. in the nineteen sixties. Yeah, yes, and then that's very true. Awfully stoned in nineteen seventy. <laughs> <laughs> but people would harl over bonny old stone walls yeah, just because true. it seemed to be they wanted to do. That sort of thing. That old, oh, yeah. old wasn't good Put anymore. But that stuff on the ceiling, that swirly. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. a pain uh-huh. from the off, isn't it? Yeah, very fashionable in its time, though. So it was. Not fashionable now. No, and difficult to get off. Believe me, I know. <laughs> prevent marks. Now, we were talking about bathroom cabinets before. So, prevent marks. Glue a piece of plastic foam onto the back of the enamel-type bathroom cabinet before screwing it to the wall. This prevents the wall being marked and also absorbs moisture. Miss Wilson, 109 Ashton Road, Farringdon, Sunderland, wins a pair of towels for that. That's a good prize, a well-deserved yeah. prize. She'd need the prize, good I charm. think. You would have something <laughs> continually damp in the bathroom, though. True. Well, which would begin to smell. Fester. Yeah. I, I hate the smell of damp. Nobody likes to smell damp. They don't make a Yankee candle damp. <laughs> no, but pretend. What? They don't? What's a Yankee candle? Uh, I can't. I just like. America. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll go with that. I don't know where they're made. But yes, Yankee candles. Very delicious. Pink dragon fruit. My favourite. Oh, wait a minute. I think I know what you mean. These this, these candles that cost 20p to make and sell for 30 quid. Yes. Ah. Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah, in the in the mug aisle in in all good supermarkets. Normally, yes, actually, <laughs> I was in the the no. big Tesco's yesterday, no. and it, it was. I can't work out if Gone has got the joke and it's just <laughs> it's just moving oh, on. Did you? I was thinking homeware mugs, and not like you're insinuating. I am a mug. <laughs> For anybody listening, this might be due to our uh, generation gap. Oh, that wasn't even a funny joke. But they are normally in the homeware <laughs> aisle, beside the mugs and the glasses. 
Yes, on they the are. plates. So, on the spoons, Steve. Connie, we're moving on. I'm, uh. bef- before I do, what was the thing about those razor blades again? Keep me away from them. <laughs> Splinter free. Every now and then, I go over the clothes horse with glass paper and rub down any small splinters they may be. One small splinter can cause a lot of damage to nylons, etc. Mrs. Freeman, 291 Chesterfield Road, Dronfield, Sheffield. She's right. She's right. She's right. She's right. When did they stop becoming called nylons and start calling tights? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, no, that's not true. It must have been like a a polyviscous mix or something these days. Probably. Mm. They only appeared in the 1930s, I think, nylons. What, you mean when we went about with bare legs? That. Yeah, or well, silk, silk stockings, silk stockings. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or of course, classically, dyed their legs with bisto. Yeah, gravy, and drew a line up the back. Up I the like. back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, and people think we are weird with fake tan nowadays. <laughs> gravy on your legs is weirder. <laughs> it's a fair point. You know, the the the, the beauty standards, the the way you achieve them changes, mm-hmm. but women the especially are, the are put under the same pressure to do be tanned. To do what you, I mean, microblading. Yeah. You'd oh, Steve's an expert in microblading. Yeah, microblading. Uh huh. And, over and um, <laughs> actually, it's had his eyebrows microbladed. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that's semi permanent. No. If I've had my eyebrows microbladed, there's something gone severely wrong. Please phone a doctor. <laughs> Call for distress. Yes. <gasps> Send up an SOS flare. <laughs> um, yes, there has always been pressure on women to look good, but what looks good has changed. People only 10 years ago did not wear as much fake tan as they do now. Do you know what I think that I'm genuinely quite positive about is that um, men are starting to come under that same pressure. I'm and not. That could be a, <laughs> that could be a bad thing because, of course, like, you know, societal pressure expectations yeah. are not good for anybody. And I don't mean it's a pressured thing, but I think men are beginning to take a little bit more care Pride in their appearance. Pride in their yeah. appearance. And it's not even so much. So so we had obviously in the sort of 80s and 90s, we had um, a small kind of movement of men wearing moisturiser <gasps> and maybe some, some people wearing yeah. concealer um, or something. But And it's not really that. It's just we see men being a bit more comfortable being seen to take a pride in their appearance. Because yeah. before, they, they absolutely would not... They, well, you know, it was a mark of manliness mm-hmm. not to care That's about your appearance. precisely the way I feel about it. I would be but think about embarrassed... He didn't use fake tan. No, he used powder and whatnot. He did. Uh, men, men in those ages wore yes. makeup. Uh-huh. I suppose they did, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I would find it vain if I was thinking of using concealer. In fact, I'm not entirely sure what concealer is. And I've never moisturised at all unless you can yeah, water. <laughs> but I, I honestly would find it... Uh, what a waste of time. Who wants to waste time putting on moisturisers or fake tan? It's just find something better to do i i don't understand no. it I there find is it, nothing uh, better on a friday which is normally my day i have a fake tan friday like that's my fake tan friday it's like my routine like yeah wash my hair exfoliate fake tan ready for the weekend that's how long it. does that take about two hours about two hours yeah. but i'm no, sort of funny about it in between then like you know i would never devote two hours about pluck to, my to the way i look i Honestly, no. just well, we know that. But but I, I should point out, I'm not just talking about you know doing up your face to look nice, but even just you know the choice of clothes. Yeah. Um, their decisions about grooming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think 
as a mark of respect to women, if nothing else, to say, you know, I'm prepared, if you're heterosexual, I'm prepared to put as much effort into making me look nice for you, dear, as you would be prepared yes, to exactly. put in to make you look nice for me, then that's a, yeah. no, a it's, positive thing. If a woman wants to look good, then fair play on that. That's that's great, but I, well, why, I don't why, see it as why, any why, why should she? Why should she have to look at she doesn't have to, craggy do. old you? <laughs> <laughs> Because I am a natural and um, You're not unaffected. Say beauty, are you? I'm not a no. I'm hardly a beauty, and <laughs> I never was. Had a hard paper. I had a hard everything. Um, we'll move on swiftly from that. But, <laughs> but I have never really given much of a thought to skin by any that, of that nonsense. This comes back to something we were talking about an episode or two ago. That it's uh, a privilege not to be able not to have to think about those things. Yeah, It's a little bit like when people say, oh, I don't really vote in, in elections because politics isn't for me. They're all the same. It's a very, you, you must be very privileged to hold that view because if you were more disenfranchised, if you were from a minority group, if you had more struggle, if you're from a different, a, a difficult economic background, you have to vote because you have to make society favor, more favorable around you. But if you're, White cisgender middle class, male especially. Yeah, you can afford not to give a damn about these things. Yeah. Do but you, going back to the women looking nice for men and whatnot, if you say, to either of you, but I kind of think I know what the answer is. <laughs> if you were to go out for a meal or whatever with your wife and she'd spent the past two hours dolling herself up and bought a new frock or whatever, would you tell her how nice she, would you say, oh, you look nice? I or would, would you? I would hope I would remember to do that. But, but why um, wouldn't you remember? Because this is going to sound Because awful. the minute she comes into the Sometimes, room or into the car or whatever. I don't notice. It just doesn't impact upon me. I, I find it utterly bizarre in the office in the morning when women come in and there's this preening thing that goes on. People say, oh, that, that dress looks really nice on you or you've done something with your hair. Mm-hmm. And I never, she's done, who's done something with her hair? <laughs> what have they? I don't know. And I find it Utterly odd, or those those trousers really suit you. I just never ever. But then, if you, for example, understand. if your wife had gone upstairs to get ready in her jammies, uh-huh. right? Surely you would note, oh, she's way to get upstairs. She's way upstairs in her jammies to get ready. That that process, that cog would turn in your head. And when she comes down in a beautiful ball gown or whatever, you're going to say, oh, she's not in her jammies anymore. She came down in a ball gown, didn't <laughs> <laughs> um, you know? But a bonny frock and a bonny frock. Yeah. Because yeah, it's, surely it's, yeah, that's not necessarily thing. a day-to-day thing. Uh-huh. You know, obviously, might all wear bonnie frocks at work, but there, there's a different level. There's like a work bonnie frock and a day-to-day bonnie frock, and then there's like a going out isn't there, making isn't an there, effort. Isn't there? I, uh, oh, yes, I absolutely notice all the time. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, would you, would you I, I kiss? Would you notice? I don't really get it. I don't... Do you get I, it? And yes. I don't see why it's an important Generally. thing to say. So... Going back to that, with people coming in the office and saying, oh, you look nice, Did, is that a new dress or whatever? Mm-hmm. I've had a, a bit of an internal monologue about dialogue about that particular thing. So I do quite often see, and I know myself, if I'm wearing something, somebody says, oh, Chris, I, I like your jacket or whatever. You know, we, we boost. Feels yeah, exactly. Nice. Um, so I, I resolved a little while ago to say, oh, I'm going to do that more myself. I'm going to compliment people more if I, if I like that. But then I really worried about feeling it seemed like a creep. Like, mm. I like your dress. <laughs> it's very pretty on you. Yeah. You know, it feels really dodgy. Yeah. The way I resolved that was, if it's a genuine thing, if you think, oh my God, that, that looks really beautiful, I'm going to see. Mm-hmm. But I do it to men as well. 
I have yeah. to, I have to, the only way I could resolve it to so it didn't sound creepy is if somebody's wearing a nice shirt, mm-hmm. beautiful pair of shoes, I'll say that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I why you said why is it an important thing? So this why is our last manly episode, and I put it to all men listening. You have to absolutely tell your wives, girlfriends, partners, whatever, especially females. <laughs> because I tell you right now that there is no better feeling than when you've gone to all this effort, as I say, getting ready, fake tanning, buying a new dress, whatever, putting on a pair of uncomfortable heels with the hope Spanks. Yeah. That there is no better compliment than the person that you're with to say something about it whether they mean it or not as long as it feels genuine there is literally not a better buzz than that i agree and your advice is absolutely superb it's just that i sometimes just don't notice i'm sorry well you should make habit 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 of over the next few days or whatever your wife comes in from work or she's going to her work or whatever right say oh like your frock or Something you don't she'll, even have to know. She'll notice. think I've been bumped on the head. No, she she won't. <laughs> she will. No, she will. She I'm, will. But she'll wallow in it. I will further challenge both of you to do the same thing to a man, to no a boy. Chance. No chance <laughs> on earth. Oh, hello, you're looking lovely today. No, it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be that at all. But yeah, I, I like I, I like your jumper. That's yeah. really cool. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm, I compliment that. Ken. Ken and I are actually really, really good at complimenting each other. Like he came home the other day with a new stripy t-shirt, and I, what, I like that stripy t-shirt. I said you look a bit like a pine. <laughs> I, I, I think it's quite important to do it not just to your significant other, or to somebody you fancy. Yeah, I think it's quite important to do it to In to, to plato- like b- b- yeah. colleagues um, as well because a you know it'll make them feel a wee bit nice, but also I think it's we we have this idea that everyone around us is just operating is, is doing a really good job and is operating is perfectly happy mm-hmm. and, and and secure in themselves but everybody's a wee bit anxiety but everybody's got a wee bit of insecurities and just you know a wee comment here and there I think can do the, do the world a good I think I so too very few insecurities or anxieties I'm sorry I don't think about things in that type of thing that deeply that's because you're manly Steve clearly and clearly. you can tell by the pose yes on that note, I think that's enough for today. Um, join Steve, Chris and me next episode for more genius or possibly madness from households in Scotland in the 1950s and for more nonsense from us in Scotland today. See you then. If you know anyone who enjoy this podcast as much as you do, we'd love it if you'd pass it on. Let them know they can subscribe for free in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever they get their podcasts, or you could leave us a wee review or rating on iTunes to help people discover Pass It On for themselves. And don't forget, as Steve said, as a listener to this podcast, you can get an exclusive 20% off the Pass It On books at dcthompsonshop.co.uk by using the discount code VINEGAR at checkout until 20th November 2019. Check the episode notes for details and terms.